Welcome to week one of Started from the Bottom, featuring Caleb Nixon and Joey Pelizzi. This week, we are talking about NBA All-Star Jimmy Butler and his path to the pros. Jimmy Butler was born on September 14, 1989. He was born in Tomball, Texas, just on the outside of Houston. His father was never a part of his life from what Jimmy can remember. At the age of 13, his mother kicked him out and said, I don't like the look of you, you gotta go. End quote. Age 13 and homeless, no family, no house, no money. Where do you go from there at the age of 13? Jordan Leslie was a ninth grade athlete who challenged Jimmy Butler to a three-point contest after a summer league game. Soon after, the two became best friends. Butler stayed with Jordan on multiple occasions, but Leslie's father said Butler could only stay a night or two at a time. Finally, after a few months of Butler coming and going, Michelle Lambert and her husband finally told Jimmy he could stay. Mrs. Lambert set ground rules for Jimmy, but more importantly offered a big family of love and support. Butler went on to average 19.9 points and 8.7 rebounds his senior season at Tomball High School. With no offers or scholarships, Butler decided to attend Tyler Junior College in order to keep playing basketball. It didn't take long for Butler to get noticed. After his freshman season at Tyler Junior College, he averaged 18.1 points, 7.7 rebounds, and 3.1 assists per game. He would then be considered a two-star recruit and listed as the number 127th junior college prospect in 2008. He would soon receive offers from Marquette, Kentucky, Clemson, Mississippi State, and Iowa State. Butler would then attend Marquette on an athletic scholarship. In his sophomore season, he played 19.6 minutes per game while averaging just 5.6 points and 3.9 rebounds a game. Coach of the Marquette Golden Eagles, Buzz Williams, was purposely hard on Butler as he recalls. Williams stated, I was ruthless on him because he didn't know how good he could be, end quote. Butler would then take a huge step up in his junior year. He would start all 34 games for the Golden Eagles and average 14.7 points per game and 6.4 rebounds per game. That season, Butler was an all-Big East honorable mention. His season was highlighted by two game-winning shots versus UConn and St. John's to help Marquette finish 11-7 in the Big East and earn its fifth consecutive NCAA tournament appearance. Finally, Butler stayed for his senior year where he would average 15.7 points per game and earn yet another All-Big East honorable mention. Butler would then declare for the NBA draft. <laughs> Butler was selected as the 30th overall pick in the 2011 NBA draft by the Chicago Bulls. In his first season in the NBA, it was quite a disappointing one for Butler. He only averaged 2.6 points per game and 1.3 rebounds per game. Over the next two seasons, Butler was a great role player for the Bulls, averaging 10.5 points per game and two assists per game combined for the Bulls. It wasn't until 2014 when Butler took a huge step up in his game. Butler would start 65 games for the Bulls while playing the most minutes per game in the NBA. In that season, Butler averaged 20 points per game, 5.8 rebounds per game, 3.3 assists per game, while having 1.8 steals per game. As a result of his season, he was awarded to his first All-Star game. Butler would also make the next All-Star game in the next two seasons for the Bulls. 
During those two seasons in 2015 and 2016, Butler combined for 23 points, 5.6 rebounds, 5.2 assists, and two steals. However, his time in Chicago would soon be cut short when the Bulls decided to trade Butler for Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, and the rights to Laurie Markkinen. Butler would play one and a half seasons for the Minnesota Timberwolves with two young players in Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. He then got dealt to the Philadelphia 76ers at the next trade deadline. He played the rest of that season in Philadelphia alongside Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Butler would then become a free agent in the summer of 2019 where he would sign a four-year, $140 million contract with the 76ers. However, this was part of a signing trade that sent Butler to the Miami Heat. In his first season in Miami, Butler averaged 19.9 points, 6.7 rebounds, and 6 assists. He made the All-Star game for the first time since 2018. He would also lead the Miami Heat to the NBA Finals where they would eventually lose to the Los Angeles Lakers. Over Butler's 10-year career, he has been named to 5 All-Star games, 3 All-NBA teams, and 4 All-NBA defensive teams. He has reached the NBA Finals once and is currently still on the Miami Heat. So Joey, one of the first things I said to you about Jimmy Butler when we got on here was, this sounds a lot like uh, the blindside story. I mean, you look at his childhood, he didn't have a home to stay, kind of wandering the streets, really didn't have any consistency in his life, and he had to um, work his way up from the bottom. Sounds just like the blindside, to be honest. You know, you had a, a player who was athletic, and his family just didn't want him anymore, so he'd live on the streets for a little bit, and luckily, you know, a family took him in. And I think that we really helped Jimmy Butler have a family, you know, love him and support him. And I think it's a big reason why Jimmy Butler, you know, is so successful today. He had that love and support after he got, uh, you know, released from his home. People took him in. And I think that helped him to where he is today. Yeah, absolutely. And from what I've read, um, now that he is kind of developed in the NBA, he has reunited with his birth mother. But I mean, just imagine at the age of 13, the last words your your mom would speak to you for a while would be, I don't like the look of you. You got to go. I mean, that's just that's just a tough reaction. And as a human being, you just hear that quote and it's just hard. Um, so what were what were your thoughts on that? And what, what did you think of that experience? I just think, you know, everything happens for a reason. And who knows, maybe Jimmy Butler, you know, he doesn't get kicked out of his house. And maybe he's not the NBA player that we know him today. Maybe he doesn't even make it to the NBA. But I think, you know, he got kicked out of the house, which, you know, showed him he had to live on his own, mature at a young age, and then, you know, just working his way up. And I think if he didn't get kicked out of the house, you know, I think his journey to the pros or even maybe not even to the pros would be much different than it is today. Yeah, most definitely. And it's just, you never know. I mean, like you said, everything happens for a reason and, Jimmy fought through that happening and worked his way up. So kind of going into uh, his adoption family, really, uh, the Lamberts and uh, his best friend, Jordan Leslie. From what I read before they took in uh, Butler, I believe they had seven other kids. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, you going in with that family, um, just as the parents, I mean, you're already dealing with seven kids. That's a lot of expenses. And to have the courage to bring in one more, just knowing what he is going through, um, 
it's kind of, it's just amazing. You don't see that very often, but when you do, it's just heart touching and it's beautiful to see in people. Yeah. I just, it just shows that, you know, that family who had already so many kids was able to, you know, bring in Butler. It just shows that there are good people out in the world. And I'm glad Jimmy, you know, was able to find a home at a young age after he got kicked out of the house from his original home. Yeah, definitely. And I, I know, Jimmy is very close with that family still. Um, Mrs. Lambert really became a mom to Jimmy, and he referred to that um, on Marquette's senior night, kind of calling her his mom um, more than anything. So kind of going into college here, obviously he started at a junior college, which is where um, he developed into a Division I player. And kind of with the offers he received, I mean, you look at the offers, Marquette, Kentucky, Clemson, Mississippi State, and Iowa State. He had great offers, um, but Marquette was obviously the key key choice for him. How do you think he upcame from the struggling start in his sophomore year, rising up to senior year, being uh, one of the best players? I just what the started started from the bottom, and I think from that sophomore year to junior year, he worked hard. And I think Buzz Williams, the coach of Marquette, you know, he said. He was ruthless on him because he knew Jimmy Butler was was a good player. He knew that Jimmy Butler could do it. But I just think Jimmy Butler, you know, in his sophomore year, he didn't get the playing time, obviously, less than 20 minutes per game. But I just think he worked hard. He knew, he realized after that sophomore year that he can do it. And when he got finally got the playing time, he started all 34 games in that junior year. Then he realized, oh, I'm actually good at this game and I can make it to the pros. Yeah, definitely. And just a key thing to point out in that sophomore year, he did play behind two uh, former NBA or yeah, former NBA players. One of those was being Wesley Matthews. So he had to work his way up. But at the same time, he had two great uh, mentors that knew what it took to get to the NBA, to advance your game and to be able to play at the next level. Uh, and like you said, moving into his junior senior year, he got those all big East honorable mentions. And that really, I think that really, boosted his draft stock and really helped him uh, get ready for the NBA, I would say so. Yeah, I mean, even we'll get to that his draft a little bit, but, you know, that junior year, he seemed like a guy who wanted the ball in his hands. You know, he made those two game-winning shots against, you know, Big East Conference play. You know how big those are. UConn, St. John's, two buzzer beaters. And, you know, that's a great reason why uh, Marquette was so good that season because Jimmy Butler, you know, his defense, it's always been great for him. He played great defense for Marquette. And then his senior year, of course, he took another step up, averaged more points per game. And it seemed like, you know, Jimmy Butler was the leader of that team. And, you know, he got all Big East honorable mention yet again because, you know, he's that good of a player. And he showed it at Marquette. Yeah, and I think one of the things really key about Jimmy Butler has always been his defense. I mean, you look at these players that – are under-recruited, not as much pre appreciated. The thing they really focus on is their defense. And Jimmy Butler has carried his defensive talent all the way from high school into the NBA. I mean, he's one of the great defensive players in the NBA. I just think it's amazing how much he has transformed into a scorer and a playmaker as well. Yeah, now we'll get into the draft. You know, 30th overall. You know, and that was what expected by Jimmy Butler. He wasn't, you know, the hottest name in the draft. He was an average player, and many thought he would be an average player. But when he, he recruited into and progressed into a great basketball player, and the Bulls, they had a great pick with Jimmy Butler. You know, 
Bulls don't pick great in the first round. They don't. Last couple of seasons, they really uh, not have had great uh, picks. So, but the Bulls drafting the Bull by, by Butler drafting the Bulls in 2011, I think that showed that the Bulls can find some talent. And it started with Jimmy Butler in 2011. Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough to find those stars in the late rounds I mean you look at the late first round and all the way through the second round there's many players that have been drafted there and have turned into stars and I mean yes props to the Bulls it's hard to find that it is hard to find those players that will be able to take it to the next step from college into the NBA but yes the Bulls got that and Jimmy Butler obviously in his rookie season as we mentioned only 2.6 points and 1.3 rebounds but I'm sure that also came along with not um, not enough minutes, and also just a lot of learning for Jimmy in his rookie year. And then, yeah, as we mentioned, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Oh yeah, and he was just in, in that 2011, you know, 2012. That's when the Bulls were a really good team. You know, Derrick Rose, Luol Deng, I believe they had Kyle Korver at that time. So there was a lot of role play, a, a lot of role playing for Jimmy Butler in his first couple of seasons because of how great the Bulls were at that time. Yeah, most definitely, and you look at how he. How, how we talked about his next two seasons then, you said he was a great role player, um, 10.5 points and two assists. Um, but you look at that team, like you said, Derrick Rose, um, I believe Joakim Noah was on that team as well, Taj Gibson. But Jimmy Butler fit in well with them. He obviously wasn't the star. Um, he was kind of behind Derrick Rose. And, he, I mean, he fit in. He did his job. He played defense like we mentioned. He's been good at that his whole career. Um, and he stepped in for when the Bulls needed him. And they made several great playoff runs with him involved in that organization. Yeah, he, he did a thing. You know, there was, there was just rumors circulating at the end of his career with the Bulls as well as Derrick Rose that those two didn't have the greatest relationship with Chicago because they both wanted the ball in their hands. Because we saw Jimmy Butler, 2014, he took a huge step up in his game. And I think many people did not see that coming. I mean, he averaged 20 points per game. And the most he's ever averaged in any season in his history, high school and college included. So Jimmy Butler took a huge step up and everyone saw that season that Jimmy Butler can be a top five defender in the league. Yes, absolutely. And you saw him average right around two steals a game. And obviously that year where he took the bump from 10 points to 20 points, he received his first all-star appearance. And I think some people tend to diminish the, uh, uh, accolade of getting to an all-star game we look at so many people getting to all-star games and every year it's always talking about the snubs um, it's just it's it's hard to get to the all-star game I mean there's only a select few spots and for Jimmy Butler to get there five times already and just coming from that 10 and a half point average to 20 points in one year um, it's just kind of crazy to see him go from a, a role player to an all-star in less than a year we have, like, what this show is about, started from the bottom. I mean, Jimmy Butler, he was first year in college, a junior college. So right there, he's not even expected to make the NBA. He worked his way up. He worked hard. That's what this show is about, working hard, started from the bottom. Jimmy Butler amplifies that, which is why we went with him in our first episode. He started from a junior college up to a Division One school Marquette, you know, Big East Conference, to the Bulls. Not that good in the Bulls' first couple of seasons. Didn't get the playing time to eventually being an all-star, being a key component in the Miami Heat's championship run last year. Yeah, definitely. And getting into a little bit more of his career, 
Um, obviously got traded to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And at that point, I mean, you look at the package they had to put together, Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, and the rights to Laurie Markkinen. I mean, that's the that's basically the – Zach Levine and Laurie Markkinen are basically the Chicago Bulls franchise right now. Jimmy Butler, I mean, he was traded to the Timberwolves for a lot. They were expecting huge rollout of Jimmy in Minnesota alongside Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins. Obviously, it never worked out to the championship aspirations they had. But, I mean, you look at what he was dealt for. I mean, it's basically the Chicago Bulls' two best players. Yeah, and just looking back, you know, obviously he didn't work out with the Timberwolves, but it's not a bad trade. Like, if it worked out with the Timberwolves, it wouldn't have been a bad trade because, you know, Zach Levine and Laurie Markin, they're solid players for the Bulls. Zach Levine is taking a huge step up in this year for the Bulls. But Jimmy Butler's a great player. We know this. You know, we look what he's done the past couple of seasons. He's a good player. But he just didn't work out with the Timberwolves. And unfortunately for the Timberwolves, you know, they lost out on Levine, Markkinen, and Chris Dunn for their franchise. So, you know, Timberwolves might have uh, might have gotten ripped off in that trade just because the Jimmy Butler trade for them didn't work out in their favor. Yeah, and like you said, they, he played for about a season and a half there and then got dealt to the Philadelphia 76ers, um, where he also had championship aspirations alongside Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. And that didn't last as long as I would say most Philadelphia people hoped. Um, but I think it worked out well for all of them. The 76ers are striving this year. Uh, Butler got – or yeah, he got traded in that sign-and-trade to the Miami Heat, and they made their run at the championship. Why do you think, you know, Jimmy Butler didn't work out with 76ers and Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons? Because if you look at that team, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Jimmy Butler, that's a great trio. I mean, it would be hard for anyone to defend that team. And all three of those are great on defense. So why do you think it didn't work out? You know, I don't think it's as much of basketball as it was chemistry. Uh, we kind of mentioned earlier that Jimmy Butler was – He's, he's a ball-dominant player. Joel Embiid is also a ball-dominant player, as we've seen this year with his MVP campaign so far. Jimmy, Jimmy, Ben Simmons could lay off the ball a little bit, but Jimmy and Joel, I think that was a little bit more of the chemistry issues. I don't think it was as much in basketball as well. Um, I think Jimmy wanted to be the leader of that team, and but so did Joel. Joel, Joel has been there since he was drafted. Um he, he's run that team basically since, he, since he's become healthy and has been able to play in as many games as possible. It's just I think Jimmy Butler wanted to come in, set a tone, be the leader, but he just didn't have the, chem, the same chemistry that Joel Embiid did with the rest of the players. And when we saw him get traded to the Miami Heat, I mean, we saw the chemistry just mesh perfectly. I mean, they trusted Jimmy. Uh, it was obviously a bunch of young players, Bam Adebayo, Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero. They're young, so they have to find somebody to look up to. And Bede and Simmons had been in the league for a little bit, both of them, so they knew what to expect. But I think the young players in, at Miami just took a whole different level in meshing with Jimmy Butler. I mean, what you said is perfect. You know, Jimmy Butler, he wants to be a leader. We saw this. Timberwolves, he wasn't a leader because they had Carl Anthony Towns there who, you know, is the franchise player of that team. You know, you go to the 76ers, they got Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons. Jimmy Butler's not the leader of that team. You know, we saw earlier in the career with Chicago, he wanted to be number one guy in Chicago, but he wasn't because Derrick Rose was there. And that's why he got away and went on to get traded to the Timberwolves and then down to the 76ers. And I think the Miami Heat is his perfect fit because there's young players, 
Jimmy Butler will always have the hands in his ball, will always have the ball in his hands, will be the leader of that team, is the vocal point of that offense, is the leader of that team. This is the perfect fit for both Butler and the Miami Heat. Yeah, most definitely. Butler is, I, I would say he's the definition of Miami Heat. I mean, we've looked at the Miami Heat franchise from when they won championships. Um, Dwayne Wade, I, Jimmy Butler reminds me a lot of Dwayne Wade, kind of had to work his way as a shooting guard, um, score, led that team, um, put him, I mean, just led that team in general, just great leaders for that organization. And Jimmy Butler reminds me a lot of Dwayne Wade and kind of the situation he was in in 2006. Um, but so now that Jimmy Butler's had a rough start to the season, he's been in COVID protocol so far for, I think we determined a little over two weeks. But what do you expect not only in this year for Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat, but also uh, the rest of Jimmy's career? I really think Jimmy Butler and his Heat team are going to be a good team for a long time. For the next five, six years, this Heat team is going to be a good team because you got Jimmy Butler, a leader. Jimmy Butler is a guy that you want in your team. He plays offense. He plays defense. He's a hard worker. He dies for every loose ball. And I think that's what this Heat team lives on. Look at Bam Adebayo. He's 22 years old. He's a young guy. But he also fights for it. He also plays defense. He also shoots the ball well. That's what this team is built on. And I look for this Miami Heat team to make great ones in the postseason, make the postseason, and, you know, try to win that first championship ring in three, four years. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, this team's, I think, a, the most part we're forgetting. Um, I mentioned it earlier, but this team's young, and that's why it's perfect for Jimmy Butler. He's a great leader. He mentors these young guys, but young guys develop, and that's the thing. When they start developing, when they get two, three, maybe four more years under their belt, I mean, they're going to become stars alongside Jimmy Butler. It might be a role player, but they're going to fit their role well around Jimmy. And the thing is, having all these young players, I mean, you never know what the Heat are going to do with trading their picks. Um, I think they like where they're at. They have options to add another player, like to, like you said, make a championship run. But, yeah, I see them being a part of the playoffs and deep playoff runs for many years. I would say four or five years to come, and it's just a great fit for Jimmy Butler as a whole. Yeah, I mean, you, you look at this team, though, last year. They made it to the NBA Finals with Tyler Hero, who's 21 years old. Duncan Robinson, I believe, is 23. Bam Adebayo was 23. They had Kendrick Nunn, who played most of the postseason because Goran Dragic was out. You look at that team as young as they were because of Jimmy Butler and his leadership skills. He led them, and just all these players are going to progress. These rookies, these second-year players are going to progress into, you know, dominant players behind Jimmy Butler. And this Heat team can be scary in a couple of years with Butler. Yep. And that's, and that's just the thing. I mean, going back to the beginning, I mean, Jimmy Butler as a teenager got kicked out of his house. He didn't have a home to live in. But now we look at him as one of the best leaders in the NBA, and he really just makes an impact on the league as a whole. Uh, his playing, his personality, um, it's, just, it's just amazing to see his development um, from the start of his life to now. His story is a, is a great one and one that will touch a lot of hearts. So, you know, he worked his way up. And if you want to be like Jimmy Butler, got to work hard for it. And you can see that Jimmy Butler worked hard from the minute he stepped foot in high school in his basketball gym to now in the NBA. He's worked for it and he deserves to be considered one of the best two-way players in the NBA. Absolutely. 
hundred percent. And it just goes to show hard work can do anything that you uh, set your mind to. Hard work pays off. Just remember that hard work pays off. Absolutely. Thank you for tuning in to week one of Started From The Bottom. We will be back next week. Thank you for tuning in.